Hello, Internet friend. I'm David Ravel, and this is Value Sign for Wednesday, March 8. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valuesign.com. Well, today, what's behind this inflation? Yesterday, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Federal Reserve, testified before the U.S. Senate. It's an exercise that Powell performs twice a year before both the Senate and the House. And once again, as he's been doing for two years now, Powell emphasized that the goal of the Federal Reserve will be to bring down inflation to 2%. It would be a remarkable achievement if the Fed is able to accomplish that goal. Now, to put this in perspective, I've included a long-range chart of inflation using the Fed's favorite measure, the personal consumption expenditure version of inflation. PCE inflation is what Powell is talking about when he talks about inflation. Now, the chart goes back for more than 60 years, and you'll note that for 31 years, from 1965 until 1996, inflation was well above 2%. In fact, inflation soared above 10% in both 1974 and 1980, with an average inflation rate of over 5% for those entire 30 years. Finally, in 1997, inflation dropped below 2% for the very first time in the modern era and was able to bounce around that level up until last year, when once again inflation took off. And again, inflation is now well above Powell's 2% target. Now, yesterday, Powell laid out his case in his opening statement. Quote, My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation is causing significant hardship, and we are strongly committed to returning inflation to our 2% goal. Over the past year, we've taken forceful actions to tighten the stance of monetary policy. We have covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our tightening so far are yet to be felt. Even so, we have more work to do. Now, Wall Street analysts took this to mean that the Fed will be raising interest rates longer and farther than previously suggested. At their next meeting on the 21st and 22nd of this month, the odds now favor the Fed raising rates by 50 basis points instead of the 25 basis points they raised last meeting. And instead of this being the terminal rate, they now think the Fed is likely to continue boosting rates for several months in the future. Now, we haven't seen a Fed this hawkish since the 1980s, a time when the economy was vastly different than it is today. During the 80s, we had a young, productive workforce that would power the economy for years to come. The 80s was a time when the baby boomers reached their peak productivity and their demographic peak. There were few, if any, help-if-wanted signs back then, because for every job opening, there were two or three anxious boomers applying for the job. Today, we have an aging population where more than 10,000 of those baby boomers are retiring every day. It's a drop in productivity that has never been seen before. And it's the reason many economists assumed that the Fed needed to keep interest rates near zero. Now, back in the 1980s, the U.S. had no significant trade deficit, so there was no supply chain issues. Although the country had endured the OPEC oil shock of a decade before, 
By the 1980s, the country's energy picture was bright, with a long-term agreement for low-price OPEC oil imports. In the 80s, the American farmer was the envy of the world, each year producing surplus crops to feed both this country and other countries around the globe. But that was then, when all these economic factors, demographics, supply chain, food and energy prices, were all working in our favor. As Chairman Powell pointed out, each one of those attributes has now turned negative. As he said, the labor market is tight, putting price pressure on wages. The supply chain, which is really a reflection of the goods and components we must import from overseas, is causing delays in production as well as rising prices. And food prices, which 40 years ago were extremely stable, have recently turned volatile and exert price pressure. At the same time, oil and gas prices are rising, a reflection of the rising price of imports. Throughout Powell's recitation on the economy are important systemic issues that are exerting overall price pressure, in other words, inflation. Now, Wall Street has a word for this rise in prices, sticky. That is, inflation is becoming ingrained in the financial system. Just like a fever, when someone is sick, inflation indicates just how poorly the economy is performing. Inflation, then, is like our economic thermometer. And as inflation rises from 2% to now over 5%, it tells us that the economy is getting sicker. But the cause of that sickness, like Powell's list, is many and varied. Our economic sickness, then, comes from high levels of job openings, positions that businesses would like to hire, but there don't appear to be enough workers to fill those jobs. And we're all familiar with the economic sickness called supply chain, our inability to obtain the the goods and components we need from our overseas suppliers. And finally, food and energy prices are also exerting extreme price pressure and heightening inflation. But just like a fever, inflation is merely the symptom, not the disease. Each one of those macro issues that Pal delineated must be addressed before we can see significant reduction in inflation. When a patient has a fever, the doctor looks for the underlying disease. But when Dr. Pal sees inflation, he and the Fed look no further. The Fed raises interest rates to cure the problem of price, but does nothing to address the labor shortage, the supply chain issues, or food or energy shortages. And we won't regain our economic health until we address those underlying issues. And that's the value side for Wednesday, March 8. For all of our articles and podcasts, visit valueside.com. I'm David Ravel. ValueSide is independently written and researched. The views expressed are strictly my own. 